You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 13 of the Aftermath Podcast. I am your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my co-host, Christopher Tenpenny. How you doing, Chris? CJ, I'm doing great, man, especially after a Chiefs win. You know, it may have been ugly, but I'll take a win any way I can get them. Any day. Victory Mondays are the best Mondays a guy can get. I agree, buddy. Uh, what were some of your big talking points from the game, Chris? Well, you got to start with the always. I think the fact that Justin Herbert was the starting quarterback from the Chargers. And like 10 minutes before kickoff. <laughs> right. I don't even know. Was that? that was crazy. And you got to give the kid no props. Problem. I mean, he, he came out. solid. Man. Yeah, he looked poisoned. You know, I think part of it was he didn't have enough time to psych himself out. It was like. All right, you're in. Go play football. And then, you know, at that point, he showed why he was a top 10 pick. Like, he's the sixth overall pick for a reason because he has talent. Don't let him get in his head and make some plays. I mean, he went, what, 22 for 33, 311 yards, scored two touchdowns, one on the ground, one in the air. And, like, yeah, he had some mistakes we'll get into earlier, but I was, I was pretty impressed with this kid and, like, I don't want to use the word scared, but I've definitely put on notice for his future in this division. No, I agree. He played way better than I expected him to play. Because once I heard, I saw Tyron walking off the field and they were checking on him. I thought he was like changing his pads or, or getting his helmet fixed or something. But then they said he um, not won't be playing today. I was like, oh, wow, this is serious. So they just threw him in there. I thought we were going to feast on him. But with the, what, the way he played, he didn't really turn the ball over a bunch. Like you say, he was poised. He made good decisions. He made some nice throws. That touchdown he threw in the back of the end zone was pretty nice. He missed a couple third-down throws to Keenan Allen. I know he wished he would have had back. But overall, he, he had a solid performance for me. So I'm actually excited about those matchups for the next year to come because he looks like he could be a, a promising quarterback. I know a lot of us were down on him because not, not necessarily him. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, more so of like what he did at Oregon and it wasn't necessarily like elite quarterback status play. So we were just wondering to see, can he really do it on an NFL level? So he didn't really wow anybody in college. So. Um, to see what he did and not have really have any time to get ready and just your last minute. I'm pretty sure he didn't get any first team reps this week, if any. So he has, he has to did pretty solid. So good, good, good game for him. Kudos to him. Right, for sure. And I do want to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. The praise is definitely deserved. You know, you don't throw 300 yards in a, in an NFL game just regularly. So, I mean, he does yeah. deserve some, some praise, but he was going against what the third and fourth, you know, Sneed's been awesome, but still technically Sneed and, Sneed and Fenton are the third and fourth string corners. Facts. The linebacker core is terrible. Yeah, don't get me started. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and when they have Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler, who are you know mostly covered by linebackers and two great receiving threats. And the Chiefs prepared for Tyrod Taylor all week. They didn't prepare for Justin Herbert. Facts. So, like, exactly. there, were, there were some adjustments being made. I know Chiefs fans were screaming at the TV being like, the defense is playing so bad. And, yes, the tackling was noticeably bad. Like, there's no excuse for that. But they gave up 14 first half points. Looked a little shaky. Came out in the second half. Only gave up six points between the second half and overtime. They still did miss some tackles and probably could have ended some drives earlier. But 
overall, I think we were, I think Chiefs Twitter was being too hard on the defense overall. Because, I mean, you get a new quarterback, he goes on, scores in two drives, and then you make adjustments, kind of slow it down. Six points in the second half in overtime, like that's nothing to be ashamed of at all. Exactly. No, I think I think our defense did pretty good. I agree, but there's a lot of people on social media in general that were just um, being, like you said, they were being critiquing our defense pretty hard. But overall, I think our defense did pretty solid. Granted, right. I think people realize Frank missed the majority of the game. Mm-hmm. He missed like almost like three quarters of the game. So our best pass rush from not being there. Chris had some some plays. I know he wished he would have had back. He jumped yeah. outside a couple times. Um, there were some questionable holding calls, which there were some on both sides of the ball. The refs always miss calls, which I agree. But like you said, for for granted, how many possessions, extra possessions we gave that offense? How many times we gave them sweet spots to go down there and score? And as far as our offense not doing them any favors by finishing our drives with points and touchdowns or field goals, the fact that we held them to under 20 points for a half, like you said, that's a great job to me. So, mm-hmm. and granted, our defense, we're not like we have a we have a solid defense. We're not all world. We're not gonna go out there and hold people to under 12 points every week. That's not realistic. So the fact that we held an offense like that. Who, granted, yes, they have a rookie quarterback, but they still have a lot of weapons. They still have Mike Williams, right. Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry. They still have guys that can play. You get right. the ball in their hands. Those are those are those are those are good play ball players. So the fact that we held them to under twenty points for the half, and our offense wasn't really doing anything. Just to be honest, they weren't they weren't playing very well in the first half at all. So our our defense did pretty good for me. And like you said, we had our third and fourth string corners. Our linebackers haven't been playing well. And for the love of God, if Willie Gay does not play next week, I, I, may, I may go down to Arrowhead myself. <laughs> and me and Spags are gonna have to have a talk. I'm not. I'm not playing, bro. He even blocked the punt and still couldn't get no minutes, bro. What is going on? What, are, what does he have to do? Is he on house arrest? Is he in trouble? I don't even know what he did, bro. Hey, if you look at the stats, I mean, Damian Wilson had 12 tackles, Neiman had nine, and Hitchens had nine. So I mean, that's production, right? I'm joking completely. There's a reason that they were having to make all those tackles. But, I mean, I'm with you. We were big on this last week. And the fact that Willie Gay can't even get minutes, like, we thought we thought Dio, Dario Daniel was in the doghouse. He's at least on the field from time to time now. Exactly. Like, Willie Gay, Willie Gay, we've seen one Willie Gay play as a Chief. And he showed athleticism and was able to block. Speed. And he, speed. Yeah, speed. And he, it looked like he pulled up. looked like he was scared that he was going to get a penalty. Like, it would have been a clean block had he not backed off a little bit at the end. Um and yet, the man that was the man can't get any snaps. Uh, I get it. You have these veteran linebackers, especially Wilson and Hitchin. Those guys are well respected, you know, veteran guys. I get that. Like sometimes you don't want to go over their head because again, Hitchens is probably the most under talked about leader on the team. I know he's not his production hasn't always been, but those guys respect Anthony Hitchens especially. No, for sure, absolutely. Um, you know, he was the guy out at. at uh, doing the coin flip in overtime like yep. you know that doesn't just happen on accident so like i get that maybe that's a little bit of a power thing but this is a this is a super bowl winning team that's trying to compete for another contile i at some point that's got to go out the window and you've got to at least reduce their snaps and at least get willie gay on the field and see uh, what he's got he's got he's got to play man you got to give him some some blitz packages maybe get him in on third down and dime and he can maybe be a quarterback spy do something the kid has to play like you said He's showing flashes on special teams every week. The speed is – he's clearly the fastest linebacker in the court. Uh, I, I, we can all agree with that right now. So, the fact that he can't even get down for, like, like smoke packages, third down, anything where you know it's a passing down, doing something where you can cover the best receiver or the best inside slot, tight end receiver, the back out of the backfield, something. He has to get packages in on the play because I know he's making plays. 
and the coaches are putting you in the game, and he's showing he wants to play a hustle man, on a special team. So CJ. I agree, man. If sorry, we continue. No, yeah, no, you're good, buddy. No, yeah, but yeah, like we were like we were saying, Chief Kingdom, Willie Gay will be in effect very, very, very soon. We all we are all waiting. Hopefully, it'll be prime time Monday night. Maybe they're just saving it, Chris. Maybe they're just waiting for us to get us all lathered up. Maybe they're just trying to save it for this Monday night game versus the big game versus the Ravens. So. But as far as that, how do you think our um, – I know overall our offense didn't do pretty well, but what are some of the good passing points you could say about what our offense did during the game? Well, I mean, you got to – whenever you talk about the offense, it starts and it begins and ends with Patrick Mahomes. And um, that, that first half was about – the only thing I can compare to that first half was the first half of the 2018 AFC championship game and that against the Patriots. And that's kind of what it looked like. And that was without – that game, the AFC Championship didn't have quite the pressure that this game had, but it had the confusion and the frustration. But you added that pressure from Bosa and um, Ingram and company, and Pat that, Pat just looked mad. Pat looked pissed off. I think he was pissed off at himself. I think he was pissed off at his teammates. I think he was just pissed off that he just couldn't get it going in the first half. And we talk about it all the time. That's kind of the Jordan effect. Like he just had, he just had all this anger building up. That when second half came around, along there was just nothing that was going to deny him winning that football game. And that's just what makes Patrick Mahomes so special. Is you can be off, you can have a bad game, you can have a bad half, and whatnot. It, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. He's gonna find a way to win. He knew he knew he had to start using his legs. Then he knew that. Then Andy probably helped with the whole, you know, Kelsey Hill on the same side of the field, both find a hole and see where the defense goes. Like that started working. And again, I just you just can't say enough about Patrick Mahomes. Six consecutive games when the Chiefs have trailed by double digits, the Chiefs have won. That's an NFL record. That's about unheard of that you can be losing that many times and and still win games. I I just I'm running out of things to say about. Patrick Mahomes already. He's already he's two games into his third year starting. No, I agree, buddy. He's he's all world for a reason. We paid him all those ducats, all that money for a reason. He's the guy that we expect to take us to the promised land, and even when we're in bad moments, to dig us out of those holes. So, I was having a conversation with our with our um, our coworker Christian about this um, about his performance and the way he mentioned that stat to me as well. What you said the six comebacks, and I say that's a great stat, and I'm proud of it. But we don't want to make that a habit. I, I love Pat as much as anyone in this city, and he's a great – he's my favorite quarterback. But when when we're in games, we don't want to make a habit of getting down. We can come out of the holes, which is a great attribute to have. We don't want to make that a habit because when you play good football teams, getting down isn't necessarily going to always come out in your favor. So um, we have a lot of weapons. Um, overall, uh, Trav played well when he got the ball. Um, Tyreek made, made his plays when he had to, when he counted. I know that he was kind of pissed off about the drop. Um, I definitely. Did you thought it was kind of weird how we didn't get Clyde as much as involved as it was last week? I know they, I know they, they um, added Limbaugh Joseph on their defensive tackle position, but we didn't really, really get Clyde, Clyde going in the run game like we did the week before. So him not having that definitely kind of threw me off for sure. What do you think? I wonder how much that had to do with Pat's frustration. You know, I, I, I fully believe Pat's the kind of guy when he's frustrated. He's want to be like, give me another shot, give me another shot. And Andy's the kind of coach we know will be like, all right, I'll throw it every play if I have to. So if you have exactly. that coach matched with that personality at quarterback, being like, let me, let me do, let me fix it, because Pat Patrick Mahomes was bad in the first half. I think that's why the running they went away from the running game. Uh, it was a shame because I think 
it we could have the Chiefs could have turned around their offense a little sooner had they been patient with it because no uh Clyde didn't have any didn't have a ton of running room but he did have a good run here I think he busted one for like 17 yards there early in the first half yeah I think there were running lanes there but I think the frustration of Mahomes and just the coaching style of Andy Reid uh, just kind of let that running game went completely away. At the end of the third quarter, the Chiefs had called 30 pass plays to 10 rushing plays. That's Bro, where they were at. It's crazy. I think Clyde finished with like 30-something rushing yards. So compared to last week, came back down to earth when he had over 130. So um, I definitely I definitely believe, though. Um, I, I agree with you, buddy. Maybe it's just, yeah, we were just – we weren't really getting anything going. Pat's frustrated. Andy frustrated. And then those guys – it's a pass. They're, those, those are pass-first guys, too. They, want, they always want to get the ball going. So – Y'all want to get guys like Trav going, want to get Miko, Tyreek going. But even then, I, I feel our offense, like you said, begins and starts with Pat. And I truly believe the more we give Clyde the ball, the better that makes our offense, whether it be running the football, like you said, or whether it be getting him in the passing game. We know how good of a receiver he is. When you give him the ball to open field, that kid has wiggle, man. You got to give him the rock and let him break tackles. So, and especially with the matchup we have coming up this week, I definitely believe we have to get him involved. But overall, our offense could have played better. Um, definitely had some. Some issues in the middle. We definitely got to get those. Got to get those adjusted because now we got Calais Campbell. We got to deal with him next week. So um, we had a couple offside penalties that did good. Kaliche jumped outside a couple times. We missed a couple blocks as far as like pass pro that got packed, kind of sacked. Which is why I, I agree with when you said he was frustrated. As far as I think it was more so with protection because receivers were getting open. We just, there was a lot of times where Bosa and Ingram and, ben, and Joseph were just getting in the backfield, getting into us and getting us on mainly like on second and long, third and longs, which we're comfortable with. But like you said, we don't want to make that a habit. So you want to keep it second and mid, third and short, second and short. So your offense can have all your weapons and all your plays available to you when you get into those type of situations. But overall, right. I think I'll give our offense like a – if I had to grade it, I would probably give it like a, a – if we're, if we're being really hard on them, probably like a C-plus. But if we're being generous, I'd probably say B-minus, B-plus. But what do you think, Chris? No, I think that's fair, and I, I, I think that it was probably a, a C to C plus if it wasn't for the one play that we haven't even talked about yet. Um, what did you think of that bomb to Tyreek in the fourth quarter, bro? That that's like that's like that's that's perfect, Patrick Mahomes. That's like his patent throw, like roll out the pocket, preferably to his right, and then just fling it, and then you just see Tyreek just separating, and you just as soon as he flinging it, you know he's throwing it to him. Because you really don't throw it to nobody else right down the field that far. If he's throwing that deep with bomb, you're like, oh, that's going to Reek every time. So when he throws it, Reek just separates two, three, four steps, and he caught the ball. And I really thought he, I really thought he scored, honestly, because when he caught the ball, he bounced. DB ran past him. He got up and then jumped in the end zone. So I really thought he scored. But they say he was touched. So um, I, I really thought that was a touchdown. But like we said, man, that's – No, it was. It was. Classic 15. Dude, it was a touchdown. No, that, that's what I'm saying. So when they um came back and they um they were, like, questioning it, I, I, oh, I got you. I, I thought he. Was I got you. Yeah. You thought it was. You thought it was clear yeah, cut. Right. You thought the review was a waste of time. Yeah, like clear cut. They were like they were like debating about it. I'm like, bro, he clearly caught it, dropped, bounced, and then got in the end zone. Like, right. why did he even debate? The dude didn't even touch himself. But overall, like you said, man, yeah, that's 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 classic 15, classic Tyreek. That throw reminds me of the one to Baltimore last year when he's rolling out and he like flinged it, and I was right. like, bro, who is that? He's going to catch that, and then Tyreek just came out of nowhere. Every time he throws a ball deep. Even with the Wasp playing the Super Bowl, every time he throws a deep, you automatically think he's going to 10. So that 15 to 10 combo is legendary, bro. It's almost unguardable. So <laughs> I know DB is right. scared. Right. And like, I, I've been seeing into some de- not real debates, but I was just seeing that, you know, people were raving about the throw as they should, but that the fact that, uh, you know, oh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson can make that throw like it was a, like it was a diss. And first off, 
Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson can make that throw if it was like 10 yards shorter. I think Josh yeah. Allen is the only quarterback in the league that has the arm strength to get that ball downfield, but he doesn't have the accuracy. The only right. quarterback making a six or 55-yard throw in the air on the money like that is Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not saying if you gave Aaron Rodgers 10 tries, he couldn't do it once. Or if you gave Russell Wilson one try, you could do it. If you gave a guy six out of ten tries, Patrick Mahomes is the only guy that's completing that pass. And I don't want to hear any debate otherwise. There are other great quarterbacks in this league, but that kind of throws what makes Mahomes special. No, facts. I agree with you, buddy. There's not too many guys in the league. Like, I know we always have the conversations with other, like, Seahawks fans or Packers fans about who had the best deep ball. And those all three guys are definitely in the conversation when you start talking about Russ, Aaron, Pat, all those guys in the conversation. But as far as, like, like the youth that Pat has with the with the arm strength he has, I definitely agree with you. There's probably not too many guys that can outthrow him as far as just throwing the ball straight down the field, especially when he's rolling outside the pocket and making them on the run, which is why we all wanted to see that throw off between him and Josh. I know they tried to set that yeah. up. And they were like joking about it in the offseason right before the season started, but we definitely want to see that for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you, buddy. Anytime he throws the ball deep, like you said, that's that's our patent play, especially when the offense is kind of like flustered and not really getting it going. They kind of dial something up. And they always do it. I think it's kind of interesting. I'm sure Caleb will probably break this down on on his tape on his tape calls and in their podcast. It's always when they try to get Tyreek in the slot. Anytime they put him in a slot, you know they're probably going to take a shot because the safeties usually go with him. So when they go across one of the safeties' face, that kind of opens it up for either Trav or they're trying to get a crossing route for Sammy or they try to get a wheel route for um, Clyde. So anytime they put Tyreek in the slot, you almost know something's coming. So it's it's always always get excited when I see him in there for sure. And yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just it, they're just so much fun to watch. And but we here we, we've saved the best for last. We haven't even talked about the greatness that is Harrison Butker. That man has the ice water kicker. in his veins. Dude made three or four fifty-plus yard kicks, including three from fifty-eight, one from fifty-three. Now only two of them counted for points, but still. That man just (laughs) like that man was incredible. I mean, did you see? Did you see the side by side of the kick and what Butker's reaction? Have you seen that, bro? He once it bounced off his foot, he immediately threw his arms up like a three point shoot. He's like, "It's good. I know it's good." He's like, "It's good." He walked off. He did it. You know the meme about Swaggy P when he's like shooting the ball and he thinks it's going in and he doesn't do it. He did what Swaggy P thought he was gonna do and made it. But no, it was. It was it was fun, man. It was it was such such a great thing to see, man. I'm so happy for him, especially a guy like we said. You see his story, man. We found him on the practice squad. Right. So for a guy that people didn't even think was good enough to be a starting kicker, now he's arguably the best kicker in football. He's definitely up there with the Greg Zerloins and the Justin Tuckers. He's up there with those guys, bro. It's the mm-hmm. best kicker in the game. So when you made three 50 yard kicks and they keep backing you up and they even ice you, that's respect, man. Coaches coaches know how good you are. So no, I'm proud of Harrison, man, for making those three in a row clutching it out when you make those kind of kicks where you deserve to walk off so <laughs> he, he 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 deserved to get to get carried on his shoulders for real um all uh, praise to the club kicker man i'm happy he's on our team for sure um after yesterday's game those uh three field goals he made he uh became he's the first he's the joins he's the second kicker in nfl history to have a 90 percent field goal percentage or greater you know who he joined you know who's the other kicker in nfl history who's the other kicker opponent next week justin tucker so forget about mahomes versus jack lamar jackson it's gonna be harrison butker versus justin tucker next week in baltimore who are the best yeah. <laughs> that, that is gonna no. be a fun matchup that is gonna be a fun matchup for 
Sure. I actually had Justin Turk on a couple of my teams, and I have Harrison Bucker. So I'll be conflicted on both sides <laughs> watching the game next week. I have him. I have so many guys on both teams next week. I'm going to be flustered, bro. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm hey. not even going my fantasy team next week. <laughs> For every fantasy person out there, those are not too bad teams to have loaded up players on. Bro, facts. And, man, facts. Monday night, big stage, two reigning MVPs. Man. Are, are you ready for Monday bro, night? I took that day off of work, so I'm geek. I'm going to have my jersey on. I'm ready to go, bro. I know um, a lot of people we were talking about, maybe the guys were looking past the Chargers. Maybe that's why we were playing so bad. But I, I, I'm, I'm excited about this matchup, bro. Like, I, I can't, we've all been waiting for it all year. We were supposed to get it last year in the playoffs, and we didn't get it. The football guys have blessed us again. Primetime Monday night in Baltimore. I know that's what all their fans want. They want to play at the M&T Bank Stadium in their, in their own arena. So, we're going down to Baltimore, man. We're going down there to handle business. I'm excited, man. Are you getting those uh, Monday night Rams, Chiefs from 2018 kind of feeling, or do you think right, it's going to be facts? Only the only thing about that game, I think it'll get just as much hype. I just, it just won't be as high as scoring because obviously our defense okay. is better, and Baltimore has arguably the best defense in football too. So it'll definitely be um, a definitely be a, a great game for sure. It could easily get the amount of views just because I mean Jerichoff is good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson right. is a highlight reel waiting to happen. Every time he touches the ball, he's like, Pat, you have to see what he's going to do, whether it be running it or throwing it. So that game is a must-watch. It's definitely going to be the highest-rated game of the season. Absolutely. I believe, I'm calling that right now um, before the playoffs start. But for now, yeah, that day, that game is definitely going to be must-watch. Everybody's going to be in front of a TV Monday night for sure. Yeah, ESPN's definitely happy they landed that game. I'm almost mad that it's not like week 10, you know, kind of mid-season and getting exactly, up for yeah. the playoffs kind yeah. of game. Like, it's just a little too early. <laughs> Me too. Like, like you know, it, it feels like if this game happened in like, you know, seven, eight weeks from now, it feels like we could actually take something from it if they were to meet up in the playoffs. Exactly. Like Regardless of what happens on Monday, say the Chiefs get rolled, and I don't think this will happen, but it's like 40 to 20 or some BS like that. You can't take that at all, or vice versa. The Chiefs roll the Ravens. Like, if these two teams meet up in four months, like, this game's not going to matter exactly. long term. So that's what frustrates me is, like, it's a little – it's fun for fans, but as a Chiefs and Ravens fans, you're sitting here like, man, we have to – we have to one of us has to lose, and it's really – we're not really going to gain anything exactly. from it going that's forward. The only thing I would say that's important about this game, Chris, is mainly because when it comes down to seeding, because don't forget, people, right. this year – there's only one team that gets a bye this year. So there's no sure. more first in the second seed. So there's only one seed. So if it comes down to us, so the only thing takeable from this game, like film-wise, like player projection and, and performance-wise, you can't really take anything from it because it's September, right. like, or October it'll be. So they, it'll it'll pretty much be, by the time they play again in January, it'll be a brand-new season, brand-new teams. Guys will be have different rosters made. It'll be so much different. Yeah. The only thing that's takeable right. from it is that whoever wins this game, these are probably the two teams we expect to have the best records in the AFC. So looking at 12 and 4, 13 and 3 ish, 11 and 5, that kind of range for the team. So if they both happen to finish with the same record, whoever wins this matchup gets the seeding for the number one or gets the, gets the jump ahead. So that would be and the only that, thing that would be takeable from it. And doesn't that seem like too much at risk for a week three game? Exactly. Like that's kind of, you kind of just, you kind of just made my point. Like exactly. the fact that this isn't, is in week three and yet it feels like the one and and we've seen only two weeks of every afc team but you can already tell there's no teams in the class of the ravens and chiefs so it does truly feel like a seeding game in week three and that's just too early for me i wish the schedules would have found a way to make that later in the season but hey i'm gonna be glued to my tv next monday and we're in for a show 
Absolutely, man. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. The, it could definitely be up for game of the year. That's what we're calling that right now. Right, so just, just sure. the matchup and the players and guys gonna be talking trash. Marcus Pierce playing his old team. They added Calais Campbell because they think we can't stop the run. So uh, it's it, it's it's definitely it's definitely gonna be a fun game for sure. I'm excited. Pat versus Lamar. Lamar versus Pat. Prime time. You can't ask for nothing better, bro. You couldn't. You couldn't ask for nothing better. So it's definitely gonna be a fun game to watch. But um, as far as football around the league, was there any other matchups or any other games that caught your eye this weekend? There were definitely some that I like, Chris. What about you? I mean, I, I'm probably going to steal one of the games that you liked, but I think you have to start with that Sunday night game, Seahawks-Patriots. Like, that was just an epic, smash-mouth, high-scoring football game. See, two of the best, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. Russell played out of his mind. Bro. And for – the Patriots to lose to the Seahawks at the one yard for the second consecutive regular season game after we all know what happened in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> That's just like, it's like it's a curse. And it's not a bad curse because the Patriots got a Super Bowl out of it. But it's like, we'll give, we won't have Pete Carroll run the ball at the one yard line with Martin Shunlich, but we'll give you every other regular seed win at the one yard line. Exactly. And it's funny because after the game, he was on call and he said, it's hard to run the ball at the one yard line, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> But I mean, Russell Wilson no, it, it was, is just. It was, it was a good game. Russell Wilson is just. What they call him, Mister <laughs> Right, right. But uh, Russell Wilson's just the MVP favorite right now, man. I mean, that man's on a different level. Right. He has nine touchdowns. He does have a pick that's not his fault. Greg Olson let that go right through his hands. But I mean, exactly. I he has like ten incompletions and nine touchdowns. The only person it's to throw crazy. more touchdown passes through the first two weeks was when Mahomes threw 10 his MVP year like Russell Wilson's on a different level right now and I the Seahawks are dangerous no he's Russ is definitely showing why he should have been and really is the leader for MVP and the fact that he doesn't have a vote I'm not trying to like praise him too much because he already he already gets it enough he's that guy but he doesn't have an MVP vote Chris I don't know how in God's name that happens like mm-hmm. I'm, I, you could argue about the awards because you've had your Cam Newton years, Lamar Jackson years, Pat Mahomes MVP years. There's been guys that have been more than deserving of the awards. So we're not saying like he should have got it over some guys, but the fact that he doesn't have votes is crazy. I don't know what more he has to do to not have votes, let alone have an award. So he threw five touchdowns yesterday. Um, the guy, like you said, the guy's on a mission, man. Let Russ cook is, is the hashtag I know a lot of teams be talking about. So. I have him on my fantasy team, so I, I appreciate all the touchdowns he's throwing. So I have him and DK Metcalf. So, no, Russ Man, is definitely one of the best out right now, bro. <laughs> CJ, how many fantasy teams you got? It seems like you got everybody on your fantasy bro, team. Bro, I, I got three fantasy teams. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> one of them I have hella Chiefs players. I have, like, Clyde. I have Trav. One of them I have, like, the whole Cardinals offense with uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And the other one I have, Russell Wilson. Um, Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews, DK Metcalf. So I, I I I schemed up my teams pretty well. So I think I'm doing pretty Seems good. Seems like it, man. Yeah, so what man. game though spoke to you? You know, I, I kind of stole the, the big one. What game did you like? I think everybody's probably talking about this one. The Atlanta Falcons lose another lead versus the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. I'm not even a Falcons fan, and I feel sad for them, bro. Like, yep. if you watch that game, they were dominant the entire three and a half quarters, <laughs> and then oh yeah, the last like four or five minutes. Just like the Super Bowl, they just started crumbling to pieces, bro. Going forward when they don't need to, not converting first downs. And then that onside kick, Jesus Christ. I know you saw that, bro. Yeah, I mean, Greg DeLeg, Missouri Western alum, represent with the beautiful onside kick. 
And I don't know what Atlanta was doing. How did they well, not they were jump standing on that there. Ball? They were literally standing there watching the ball go towards the ten yard. Like, bro, all you had to do, you could have kicked it. If anybody touches it, the play's automatically dead. They literally sat there and watched the ball roll to the to the ten marker to where then then um Dallas could then recover it. I don't know who the special team is coach, but he never should be able to allow a step foot back in that building. Ever. I don't have to right, remember. Right. That's how you get fired on games like that. <laughs> that really is how you get fired. That's crazy. I'm going to defend him for like a, a millisecond, okay? So I, I get it. I mean, it was ridiculous. The NFL players didn't jump on it. But I heard Matt Hasselbeck on the Matt Pacafee show earlier on Monday made a good argument that so when you watch a baseball game and you know the ball's going down the line and you think it's going to go foul so no one touches it so it can go foul and count dead, maybe the Falcons yeah. players, because that kick was so slow and so wobbly, maybe the, the Falcons are like, there's no way this ball makes it 10 yards. Why risk touching it and not covering it and giving the Dallas a free play? So that was a decent argument I heard. But that ball was going so slow, and those men are so big. Just Your ball, grandmother could have picked that ball up. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So, goodness. like, it's a weak argument, but it kind of makes sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring the, you know, just a little back. But, yes, at the end of the day, like, just jump on the damn ball. Bro, if you anybody could have Julio, Hayden Hurst, any of them, <laughs> kick the ball out of bounds, it doesn't matter. You could have done blow, yeah. could have done anything, and the game's over. So right. that's just – and, like, one of my friends, he's, he's, a, he's a diehard Falcons fan. I just feel so bad for him. Man. It feels like every year we're making more memes about them, either from the 28-3 to um, um, Super Bowl loss and them not – the Julio catch and them not and not winning a game, and now this – it's 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 t- it's tough sledding to be a Falcons fan for sure, man. Because so many good players in that team, and they just find ways for people to laugh at them every single year. So definitely, definitely, Dan Quinn is on the hot seat for sure. But that game definitely, I mean, kudos. I'm gonna give my credit where credit is due. Kudos to Dak and the way he played, yeah, the way he sure. fought back that team, especially the way they were playing at in the first half wasn't looking good. So for them to fight back, stay resilient, definitely got to give credit to the Cowboys. But man, if I if, if that's not a gimme game, I don't know what is. Atlanta clearly gave that game away to Dallas. There's no way they shouldn't have left that building with a hell. But like we said, man, it's the NFL on any given Sunday. Anything can happen. There's no easy wins in the NFL. So, and just like we learned versus the Chargers, a win is a win. You'll take it any way you can get them. So, right. And real quick on deck, he went 34 for 47 for 450 yards and a TD, good for a recording quarterback rating of 109. So that man was on a mission. Jerry, pay him his money. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're a Dallas Cowboy fans who doesn't want to play, pay Dak, I'm sorry, but that that game, uh, yeah, it came under the Falcons practically gave it to you, but that's going to be taken to the negotiations table and be like, Max. see this 450 in this big fourth quarter comeback, yeah, see pay that, this man. <laughs> see that comeback so, there, Jerry? Yeah, you see right. those comebacks? Yeah, you like those, huh? <laughs> so. Get ready to pay up Dallas, but no facts. Cut the check, man. Especially after all these checks we've been seeing this offseason. Woo! Yeah. I can only imagine what his agent and Steven and Jerry are talking about. He definitely gonna get a hefty, hefty, hefty brink stroke coming his way. Whether it be Dallas for or sure. someone outside of for Dallas. Sure. Whoever pays him definitely gonna pay Dak his money. For sure. He 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 played he played like a like a resilient quarterback last day for sure. I like to see it. He played well. He did, and we'll have to see what he does moving forward. Well, that's going to do it for us. This Thank you for listening to episode 13 of The Aftermath. TJ, tell, tell the good people what they need to do now. You people know what you need to do. Get your merch, people. Get your merch. We actually have a pretty special going on, arrowheadlive.com, to go get your merch. We have a 20% off, I believe, code going on right now, so you guys can get your merch, get your hoodies, crewnecks, T-shirts, sweatshirts, all that stuff ready for the fall. It is fall season now, hoodie season. 
You guys know what it is. Get ready for the Monday night game. Get you some merch and get ready to support the king, the claim, support the gang. Arrowhead Live, we are out here, guys. Um, where can people catch you at, Chris, or anything? Good talks, anything I need to talk to you about? Oh, hey, man, if you got anything wrong or want to build on anything I said, you can find me at 10penny88 at Twitter. Love to hear from you guys. What about you, CJ? You guys can follow me at Twitter as well at CJEZY81, CGZ81. I'm always down to talk ball, break down film. I'm sure me and Chris will have some great, great content for you guys next week. But I appreciate you guys being here. Episode 13, lucky number 13. We will be back next week, hopefully for a victory Tuesday as we take on the Baltimore Ravens people. We will see you guys be safe, be happy. You guys stay locked in. We'll see you guys next week, okay? To the Chiefs kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!